Hey, what's going on, everyone? This is the Directed Patrol podcast. I'm your host, Cliff Aquino. And today, I want to talk about police pursuits. And I want to talk about what they are, what pursuit comes into mind, and my very first police pursuit that not only had a crazy start, but it also had a crazy ending, which was nuts. Now, what is a police pursuit? Um, me personally, I'll say that a police pursuit is any government official, whether it's municipal police, state police, or a deputy sheriff trying to initiate a traffic stop or has someone detained in their motor vehicle, whether it's a car, an SUV, a tractor trailer truck a motorcycle, anything that's on the roadway. Now, most pursuits, they can go at a higher rate of speed as well as a low rate of speed, okay? Most of them are at a higher rate of speed, maybe about 50 miles an hour or higher, depending on the traffic conditions, where you're at, it could range from a variety of things. The only time they are at a low rate of speed is if the vehicle has damage to it, such as a flat tire or it's just it's just a regular shit box being held together by <laughs> duct tape or something. Now, the suspect may have caused damage to the vehicle that they're operating during the pursuit by, I don't know, crashing into crashing into other cars or objects along the way. So that's that's a quick summary of what a police pursuit is. OK, now I want to talk about like some of the policies um, I'll mention my policy and my policy is probably a lot different than other departments' policies. Some departments have policies that can involve pursuits going into a different jurisdiction. Um, if there's maybe about medium to high amounts of traffic, for example, um, just say there's um, around 2.30, 3 o'clock, there's school buses on the road, and... There's kids being dropped off during those hours, which might cause a pursuit to become terminated or to end. Um, besides that, another way for a pursuit to end is if the vehicle crashes or stop sticks are used. And most know stop sticks are used to puncture the tires. All right. Now, my policy at my current department requires us to notify a supervisor or an, an officer in charge of the shift um, that we are in a pursuit. What is the nature of the pursuit and whether it was like a fa failure to stop due to, I don't know, speeding, mark lanes, something related to a motor vehicle stop that 
supervisor or the officer in charge would give us the okay to pursue or not to pursue. Now, the pursuits that I've been involved in um, usually happen on the night shift. Um, and there's no traffic on the road and everyone is sleeping, which is a good thing because they're not at like an imminent threat to um, the public. Because if it's during the day, I mean, everyone's going to be at risk, especially everyone going to work, coming from work. It's it's just a shit show. But during during the pursuit, if we do end up going out of town or to another another jurisdiction, we definitely need to notify the officer in charge. And most of the time um, when they do go out of jurisdiction, we usually terminate the pursuit. And but. If we do terminate the pursuit, we try to get a plate number or a description of the motor vehicle, and then we'll send out a bolo to the surrounding towns in our area. Now, if we can run the plate and see who the registered owner is or where the car comes back from, it's good all day. It's very helpful. And we have that information where we can send an officer to that address to see what the deal is, or we can do criminal complaints or summons someone to court, or it all depends, depends on the nature of the traffic stop or what's going on and what the crime is. So, but usually before I pull a car over, I try to run the tag on my cruiser laptop before I initiate any traffic stop so I can figure out who the person is and who I'm dealing with so I can be safe and know what they have on their background and and when was the last time they were stopped and who ran the tag. So I, I kind of use all that information to my advantage. But any traffic stop that I do, I, I try to avoid the the old routine traffic stop and I really don't see anything routine about a traffic stop. So, I mean, anything can go from zero to a hundred within seconds. And if you're very laxed about it and not on edge or it, it, it could just cause you to get hurt or someone else to get hurt. So I try to avoid being laxed about it and, but once I talk to someone and they give me the respect, I give them the respect and, you know, it's a two way street. So most of the people I encounter, they're fine. They're all right. They're nice people. They're very respectful. So I usually give it right back. But again, most departments, they have different policies and, and different ways they handle a traffic stop. I'm not going to tell someone how to do a traffic stop, but someone has their own routine. So I'm not even going to get into that. I have my own routine. I it, It's what keeps me safe compared to someone who, who has a different routine that might keep them safe. So everyone has their own routine. It's different. 
um, even with motorcycles, like in my policy, we're definitely not allowed to pursue motorcycles because God forbid they crash and get into an accident or a fatality. We are we're definitely going to be responsible. Plus, I mean, if they do get into a crash and it's fatal, I mean, plus their organs are probably going to be all over the road and damaged and <laughs> they might not be useful. So definitely want to protect the organs. That's a quick background of what a police pursuit is. It's what my policy consists of, but every department's policy is different compared to mine. Maybe police pursuits in other states will allow them to chase the whole time until the wheels fall off, you know, so they can end successful in our favor or they can end really badly depending on the outcome and the circumstances. Okay. Now, I want to mention a pursuit that happened involving the Oklahoma Highway Patrol. In this pursuit, I want to mention how the trooper that was involved did a tremendous job stopping the suspect. Um, he was very fluent and smooth with his radio transmissions, very calm, and was just taking his time. I mean, obviously he was at a high rate of speed trying to stop the suspect, but he was very calm and very smooth and took everything slow, which is the way it should be. But the adrenaline will take over. Emotions are high and, you know, you're either going to scream on a radio and, but this guy, he did a really tremendous job with his radio transmissions. So kudos to him and kudos to the way he, dealt with the motor vehicle pursuit um with this pursuit um the suspect is known as charles carswell and he was traveling from oklahoma to ohio before he was um being pursued by the oklahoma highway patrol carswell was an armed robbery suspect out of Arizona and Arizona sent a bolo or um, a be on the lookout for this suspect along with the vehicle matching the description. Um, troopers saw the vehicle matching the description of this motor vehicle that was involved in the armed robbery. The vehicle from what I saw on the video, it's, it's on YouTube. It looked, like um, a black SUV, a black Jeep Wagoneer, okay? Um, as this trooper was pursuing him, um, the suspect was, was firing multiple shots at the trooper's cruiser. And obviously, if you're doing that, I mean, you're, you're putting the public in danger with the amount of rounds you shoot. It's crazy. It was just a shit show. The suspect obviously caused damage to the trooper's windshield, but you could see the trooper never gave up on the 
motor vehicle chase. He stayed with the motor vehicle at all times. And it, it seemed like he just took his time with everything and didn't let his emotions get to him. The suspect obviously was an imminent threat to the public with the way he was driving along with shooting at the cruisers and and shooting at the trooper that was behind him. So obviously this trooper had to make his move. So he performed a couple vehicle intervention or known as TVI. All right. And the trooper was behind the suspect. He must have done TVI maybe about four or five times. I, I could be wrong. I, but if you see on the video, I mean, he, he definitely was trying to stop the suspect from driving and, and God forbid, causes a fatality and kills someone. So once his TVI was successful or tactical vehicle intervention, it was a success. And the suspect apparently had three rifles in his possession and tried shooting at the troopers while his vehicle was defective and was disabled. All right. Now at the ending with this, um, ended on the highway with a deadly shootout and any shooting is an unfortunate event just like this situation okay the suspect caused the shootout and obviously he lost the standoff lasted for about seven hours highway patrol tried to use de-escalation tactics along with negotiations with the suspect and none of them worked unfortunately and i don't care what you think but if you're a suspect and attempt to go for any type of weapon such as a, a gun or a knife or anything that will kill you you'll definitely get lit up no question about it if it's a hammer or any other object i mean every state's different Every policy is different. I mean, you can go with less lethal and tase someone. But that's a whole, that's a whole different policy involving use of force, whether it's in another state, another jurisdiction. Everyone has their own policy when it comes to use of force. Um, but unfortunately, with this suspect, unfortunately, the suspect in this incident was already hit and injured by gunfire from the state troopers. And at the end, the suspect tried to retrieve his, he tried to grab his AR-15 and the suspect ended up getting killed on scene, which was justified all day. Again, thankfully the troopers dash cam and body cam helped him out tremendously with this case and luckily all the troopers involved weren't injured and they did their thing to stop the threat like i said unfortunately 
any type of shooting is a terrible way to end something. But, I mean, in this situation, from the way it sounded, the suspect wasn't going to go out without a fight. And that's clearly what happened. Now, I'm going to take a quick break. I will be right back and I will talk about my police pursuit. I want to mention this ad because I feel that it's necessary. I want to mention the mental health struggles with people involved in public safety. More and more police officers and firefighters are dying by suicide more than in the line of duty. Even dispatchers are also going through intense and stressful moments in their careers. When you're in need of help, tell someone or contact the Suicide and Crisis Lifeline. The Suicide and Crisis Lifeline is a 24 hours a day, seven days a week program that is confidential and will save your life. If you are in distress or know a loved one who's in need, call 1-800-273-8255 or text 988. This program will help you with the proper resources and services. Don't let your emotions or stresses go untreated. Again, call 1-800-273-8255 or text 988. This is not only for first responders, but this is for anyone in need. Let's get through this together. Call 1-800-273-8255 or text 988. For more information, visit 988lifeline.org. Again, that's 988lifeline.org. What's going on, everyone? I am back from break, and I want to talk about my very first police pursuit that I was involved in, along with the crazy start to the crazy ending. Now, this was on the night shift. I can remember the date, the time, the weather conditions. I can remember everything about that morning just because it was my very first day by myself. I got signed off from field training and I was independent and then going on the road by myself. It was weird, but the morning of this pursuit started off on a muggy kind of day it rained that morning and i was riding around i got dispatched me along with two three other officers to an armed robbery in progress at our local convenience store now the suspect was gone when i got to the area i must have arrived to the area maybe about 20 seconds within being dispatched to the, to the call. So there's there's a lot of things I would have done different. And there's a lot of things I would have kept the same during this pursuit of my first night. But I learned a lot from it. And I used what I learned to what I would do now. So, I mean, it, it's always a learning progress as a cop. So I get there. They said the suspect ran up the road. Now, something like this, I should have went into the convenience store and checked to see if everyone's okay. But my mindset is 
holy shit, there's a guy with a gun running around town. So I tried to canvas the area and drove around, see where this asshole was. Couldn't find him, maybe for about, I don't know, five, ten minutes driving around the area. So we couldn't find this guy. We go back to the convenience store. We do our investigation. We get footage. We do a, we send out a bolo to the surrounding surrounding towns of what happened. And then maybe 20 minutes after we were there, we get multiple calls for a guy trying to knock on people's houses, whether it's their front doors or their back doors. And trying to get into the house and tell them that he's been jumped and he needs help. So we're like, holy shit, that's the guy. He's maybe about, I don't know, I want to say half a mile, maybe a mile up the road. We get there and we're looking in the area. We already have a description of this guy. So we get there. The neighborhood like everyone from the neighborhood is outside. They're like, there's a guy wearing black. He's jumping fences. He's in this yard. He's in this yard. He went towards a golf course. He went towards this way, that way behind someone's trash can, whatever. So we're hopping fences trying to look for this guy. And sure enough, maybe about 10 minutes of the, of looking for this guy, we end up finding him. We have him on at gunpoint. We have him at gunpoint because we don't know if if he has the firearm or not. And obviously, I I was still fresh off FTO. I wasn't trained to have a taser, so I would have probably done lethal and then have another officer that was with me to do less lethal. But like I said, it's a learning process. I didn't know at the time I was brand new. So we're giving this guy commands to show us his hands, get on, get on the ground. He obviously was telling us to shoot him. He wasn't going to comply. So he jumps over a fence. We chase after this guy out of nowhere. He gets into one of our marked cruisers. Now, that was a shit show in and of itself. So he gets into the cruiser. I'm maybe about five, six feet away from this guy. I'm ready to light him up because I don't know what. I don't know if he has the gun or not. He's in our cruiser. We have a rifle in that cruiser. So what a clusterfuck this was. So we're giving this guy commands to get out the car now. He drives towards us and then reverses. So once he reverses, he goes. He leaves this little neighborhood that we're in. My first instinct, I'm chasing this guy. So I get into my cruiser. I chased him. And during this pursuit, three cars got totaled. Two cars from the surrounding towns along with the cruiser that the suspect stole. Now, we're going through towns. I'm calling out streets. I don't know where I'm at. I'm hoping 
people are listening on the radio to know where I'm at because I'm in a different town in another jurisdiction. So the pursuit lasted for, I don't know, I want to say maybe a half hour to 45 minutes. I think the adrenaline was going. My emotions was getting to me over the radio. So I'm thinking, get out of your tunnel vision, calm down, smooth transitions, follow this guy. This guy caused a few accidents um, trying to squeeze through traffic, hit other cars. I still stayed with this guy. And then we get onto the expressway. During the chase, when we were in town, there was a cruiser that flipped over and hit a telephone pole. They were total. Luckily, he's okay. We get onto the expressway. Now, once you get onto the highway, state police jurisdiction all day. They take over the, the chase. They do whatever. I stayed with the car because it was my first day. I don't know what the fuck, who the fuck, and why the fuck. So we're on the expressway. I have cruisers behind me following me, giving me distance and helping me out. So there was this cruiser when we were like, I thought we were doing 80, 85 miles an hour. One of the cops behind me that was traveling behind me told me that I was doing at least over 100. He said when he tried to catch up to me, we were at a high rate of speed at about 115, which, again, I don't know, like, holy shit. So as this cruiser from the next town over was trying to merge onto the highway on my right, I gave him about maybe four or five car lengths to get in front of me if he was trying to be the hero, I guess. So he tried to do a pit maneuver and he ends up losing control and crashing into a cement wall. So I'm like, holy shit. So I, I catch up to the guy. Now, the cruiser that we were pursuing was damaged due to that officer trying to do the pit maneuver. Um, he was okay. The cruiser had some damage to it. So we get, we're about to get off the expressway and the cruiser ends up stopping. So we're like, all right, like it's myself, state police, new, like I, it must've been like hundreds of state troopers. There must've been so many surrounding towns, like cops all over. Because all these troopers were going into work wherever they work. And now it's like, I don't know, 7, 7.30. And we're at a standoff with this guy. So we get there. We're thinking we're going to rip him out the car. But obviously, it's the trooper's jurisdiction. The I want to say it was the lieutenant of the state police. Someone in higher rank ordered us to put our weapons away. They got a negotiator. They're going to negotiate this guy to get out the car. I mean, again, tell me how that's going to work out. I mean, whatever. It works, but, I mean, this situation, it didn't. So 
the state police was trying to negotiate with this guy. Maybe an hour or two of negotiating. This guy ends up starting the cruiser back up and just hauls ass. Now, we still have a medical bag in that cruiser. We have an AR-15 rifle in the cruiser, but it's locked up. We didn't have security switches in our cruisers at that time. So you could just start the cruiser, put it in gear, and go. Thankfully, we do. But this guy ends up starting the cruiser back up, got it to work, and just goes. I get into my cruiser along with a lot, like all the state police. We chase this guy for maybe about, I don't know, a mile or a mile or two down the road. They had stop sticks. The state police had stop sticks that they used, and they were a success. Stop sticks happened. The cruiser was defective, and we were, like, in the center of this city, like, the very center of this city. They had a bobcat in the back of this cruiser and a bobcat in front of this cruiser. Now, the bobcats are, like, SWAT utility vehicles and they didn't want this guy to to leave just like he did on the off ramp of the expressway now we're there i'm with my chief my deputy and my sergeant and we're like waiting cuz we're thinking we're probably going to take this guy into custody whatever so state police are negotiating with this guy it's hours hours goes by we're like like shit this guy eventually gets out of the cruiser with one of our rifles and state police i saw the whole thing state police ended up shooting the guy which it was a justifiable shot because i mean he had a rifle i mean the state police was on top of the bobcat and took the threat out ems they were on scene. It, it was the tactical, looked like it was the tactical medics. They were there. They brought the guy into the nearest hospital where he died of his gunshot wound. And that was a crazy, crazy morning for me. It was my first day as a police officer, like signed off after FTO, ready to go. I was independent. And I was like, holy shit, my phone was my phone was blowing up that whole day. Everyone was telling me, great job, you okay? Was it your cruiser? No, it wasn't my car. Um, at that time I I had this habit of locking my cruiser. I'll take the keys out and lock my car. I still have that habit. I don't know. I but luckily None of our guys were hurt. The guys that were in accidents in their police cruisers, they're okay. So they're still on the job. They were fine. So, but it was just a lot of paperwork. The news was calling. It was just wild. It was a wild morning. I was supposed to be home for eight o'clock in the morning. My wife was home. My wife, she also works the overnight shift at a different job. She saw that I wasn't home yet. So she's 
trying to figure out where the hell I am and turns on the TV and there we go. I mean, obviously I called her, told her, told her I was okay. Um, we're in a little situation right now, but I will see you later at home. We'll talk then. And, you know, I, I just don't want to make a family member scared or whatever. You know, my mom and dad saw the news. I told them I was okay. So it was just a, a whole shit show that whole day. Unfortunately, you know, the suspect died. But again, going back to the use of force, if you point an AR-15 rifle at us, a pistol, any type of semi-automatic weapon. I mean, again, you're going to get lit up. But, I mean, state police, they did a great job. The negotiator did what he could. He did a great job. All the surrounding towns that were involved did a great job. So, I mean, it was it was all a team effort. At the end of the day, you don't want to see someone get killed. So... I saw the whole thing. It's ugly, but what can you do? The good thing was I went back to work the next night like nothing happened. Continued my shift, continued my duties, and continued my work. So I learned a lot from that day. I learned a lot from other guys. There's a lot of things I would have done differently to a lot of things I would keep the same. So it was definitely a learning experience. So... But on that note, that is what a police pursuit is. I gave you an example of a police pursuit. And I also talked about a crazy police pursuit I was in on my very first night as a cop. But if you have any questions, feedback, DM me on Instagram at Directed Patrol Podcast. I'll probably do questionnaires. Who knows? It's still early in the game. Still trying to find myself with this whole podcast thing. So, But I want to thank you all for your support. Like I said, any feedback would be great. And let's keep getting after it. Thank you all and take care.